Welcome back to another episode of Consciously Clueless. I'm your host, Carly, and I will be your guide on this journey from cluelessness to consciousness and back around again. Today on the podcast, I am joined by John Rush. John is a professional football player in Canada who is an advocate for the vegan lifestyle, ending violence against women, and for adopting dogs out of shelters. You can hear some appearances by his dogs in the background once in a while. Here we go. Well, first of all, thank you for joining me on this new adventure. I appreciate you being willing to be like, sure, that sounds interesting. I'm in. Yeah, I'm excited to uh, do this with you. It's uh, it's always fun doing new things and new concepts with new people because you get to learn a lot more from uh, all the different perspectives, right? So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I'm excited to be here. Thank you. It's called Consciously Clueless. And for me, that just means like this honest place to explore those moments that we learn and we feel like we're like consciously moving through life and we're killing it. And then those moments where we feel totally clueless and like we have no idea what's going on and then like everything in between. Yeah. Um, so given that description, how are you feeling right now? Like where on that spectrum are you feeling? Um, it's kind of interesting because I'm, I kind of feel perpetually clueless, even though (laughs) I've gotten to do and experience some pretty amazing things in my life. Mm -hmm. I feel like that, um, I'm always just, there's always I don't want to say someone better out there, but there's, there's always someone more knowledgeable. There's always someone mm. that's you know, better at their craft that does, uh, you know, whatever it is that I'm trying to do better than me. So mm-hmm. I always find that I'm kind of just always playing catch up in a sense. So I find for myself personally that I'm always uh, in that kind of clueless state. Um, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing myself because yeah. um, it just, it just forces me to keep, exploring new things but it, it can be frustrating at times when you feel like you're never um I don't want to say satisfied but you're just like kind of never there you're always searching for something yeah one of the things I learned when I was going through my yoga teacher training was this idea of being content mm-hmm. and when they talked about it in the training it was as if this was a thing to aspire to and my immediate reaction was what I don't to just be content that's never something I thought of as being okay with, but it's hard to find that balance where you're like, Oh, I'm content with where I'm at. I feel like I'm doing a good job. Yeah, no, exactly. And like, especially as an athlete, because just as an athlete, right. You're always looking, Mm -hmm. you always want to, you know, get a better personal record. You always want to beat that other record. You want to be the best on the team and the best in the league and so on and so forth. So it's very difficult to uh, be content when you're constantly comparing yourself. Right. Right. Absolutely. Well, in that vein, full disclosure, don't know as much about football as I should going into this interview, but I was like doing research and looking up your stats and I know enough to know that you're a damn good football player. So (laughs) I appreciate that. But, um, (laughs) you know, it's, it's interesting because, uh, when I look around our locker room, I just, I don't even, I don't, it's hard to describe. It's just like, I don't even see myself as uh, you know, a good football player in that locker room because I'm just surrounded by so many amazing football players. So it's kind of it's kind of funny how that uh, you can kind of get that mentality sometimes when 
you're actually good at something, but uh, you're surrounded by so much, you know, quote unquote, better people that mm -hmm. uh, you, uh, you just don't even realize it yourself. So how did you get into professional football in Canada? I should say in Canada for people listening too. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. It's, uh, <clears throat> it was a long journey for me. I, I started playing football when I was like nine years old with my brother. It was always, you know, something we always wanted to do was play football uh, professionally. And then uh, um, went to the University of Guelph as, at 17 years old, started and, and played there. Uh, tore my ACL my third year, thought I wasn't going to play football anymore. Uh, and uh, I missed my draft year because of it. So mm. I didn't, go, didn't get drafted, had to go back for a fifth year of university. Uh, finally got invited to a camp, went to the camp, I got cut. <laughs> And took it like I took a, like not like a year off, but I uh, I ended up just like finishing my degree and just working out. And then I got reinvited to the same camp, and I finally made it that year. That I've you know been in pro sports ever since. Okay, so it's been a it's been a long winding journey, but it's uh, it's been it's been fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's funny because when you when you, we've chatted so far, you've talked about you know comparing yourself and and it's hard to be content, but it sounds like obviously you're good enough to get there and be invited back and like persevere through all that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. But at the same time, like <clears throat> it's such a, like, it's such a weird feeling. Cause like you're, when I was like young or whenever I was in the like, university, it was always like, Oh, get to the CFL, get to the CFL. Like mm -hmm. then I, then I've made it, you know what I mean? Like then I know I made it, but now that I'm in the CFL, it's, it's different. You know what I mean? It's like, mm -hmm. okay, now I'm here. Now it's something else. Now I have to get somewhere else. And it's like, so it's like, yeah, like I'm good enough, but like in my mind, I'm not. Right. Do you yeah. think you'll ever reach that point where you feel like, oh, I'm, I'm good enough. What does that feel like? I, I honestly, I don't know. I don't know if that's just like my personality where I, I just can't stop. Like I can't stop whether it's like you know, learning or doing more or doing something else. Um, I don't know if that's just like a personality trait. Cause like, I don't, I can't remember a time in my life where I haven't been doing something and mm -hmm. trying to get better at something. So I don't, I don't know if there will ever be a time in my life where I stop and just kind of enjoy the moment. Right. It's, well, like, it's difficult. Yeah. Well, and definitely I think in our society we're, taught to have that drive right where we're always mm -hmm. it's that achieve 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 in our western culture which is sometimes really good but i know for myself is sometimes my detriment because i start treating things like they're just on the to-do list yeah no exactly you're not you're not enjoying doing them you're doing them because they're doing something else for you right right exactly and all of a sudden you look around and you're like oh i've done some cool things what <laughs> like I didn't slow oh, down to appreciate it. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, it's it's like even this year when we won the Grey Cup, like it it's such a it was such a surreal feeling and it was so crazy that it was it was difficult to slow down and and appreciate mm. the moment. Like cuz there were so much other things going on, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. So, continuing on with the conversation about football, you also use your social media platforms to talk a lot about being vegan and plant-based. So I definitely want to dive into that. But when I think of you being a football player and doing that, I'm really curious, like, 
I love the intersections of people's identities. Like that's part of this too, right? Like that's a really fun intersection. And I'm curious what that's like on the football team. Like, have you gotten pushback? Have you converted honestly, anybody? <laughs> it's, it's, it's honestly pretty interesting because um, I actually hit it for the entire first year. I didn't let anybody know I was vegan. Mm. And uh, we get fed breakfast and lunch when we're at the stadium because we have to, we show up at like six in the morning and then we go into like three in the afternoon. So we don't, we don't really have time to make food. Right. Right. So we get breakfast and lunch while we're at the stadium. And like, I would just like pick around the food that I could eat. Like they always had like a salad bar that had chickpeas and you know, whatever, like that mm-hmm. oatmeal every morning um, that I would eat. Like I love oatmeal anyway. So it was perfect. Um, so like, I never really like said anything the first year. Cause I, I honestly thought I was going to get cut for it. I oh, thought wow. they would. Yeah. Like I thought if they found out I was vegan, they would cut me. Um, but then I, I obviously started posting about it on my Instagram. So like kind of like word slowly got out uh, into like the next coming years of me playing. Um, and it was actually kind of funny. Like no one really had the conversation with me, but then all of a sudden they just started having like vegan options out of nowhere. <laughs> like, like the chef was just like, Oh, Hey, we have beyond meat burgers today. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) He's like, but he's like, there's only two. So (laughs) grab them now, John. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, okay. So that's definitely for me. (laughs) um, So what would make you think you might be cut? I'm so curious. Well, I mean, like, there's just like, there's like a huge stigma around uh, veganism in Mm -hmm. general. Uh, but especially with the whole, you can't get enough protein thing. And, uh, you know, I thought, uh, if they, if they, uh, you know, found out I was vegan and, uh, they might just, you know, think I wasn't taking football seriously or, or, or something or the other hmm. it's sports is a very cutthroat world. It's right. Uh, you, you can get cut for much less than that. So, um, so it's just kind of, it was just something I was just uh, very aware of in my mind of, you know, I didn't want to uh, jeopardize my income because that's, you know, how I was paying the bills and right um, because I wasn't eating animals anymore. And, uh, but honestly it was like, once they found out, like no one said anything, hmm. um, like none of the coaches, none of the, the management, they all like were fine. Um, and like most of the players just like asked me about it. They're like, how do you get enough protein, dude? Like, it was, it was more just like general curiosity being like, because like obviously in football, uh, you know, in sports in general, but football predominantly is like very testosterone driven, very like macho man. Right. Like, you know, you need to eat steak. You need to eat, you know, a chicken and broccoli at every meal. Stay lean, blah, blah, blah. And like, we've been force fed that information since we were like eight. You know what I mean? Right. So like, that's all we ever, like, that's all a lot of us ever knew. So if you don't actually go out and do your own research, Mm-hmm. You just blindly believe that stuff, right? So, so for me, now talking to these guys, I'm kind of like educating them and be like, yeah, like it's like I'm like you could be surprised at how much protein there actually is in other foods, right? You just were never told this, mm-hmm. like you were always told chicken was the like a source of protein. That's it. But nobody you know? can ever actually tell you how much unless you're like a, an athlete. I yeah. love though when people are like, "Where do you get your protein?" And then if you ask them, like, "Well, how much protein do you get from your meals?" They're like, "I, uh, I'm not yeah, sure. Exactly. I don't know." Exactly right. You know, it's like it's like the classic like 
you know, someone's, you know, crushing like a Big Mac or something. And then they, yeah. then you're like, you're being salad. And they're like, oh, like, where do you get your protein? It's just like, dude, there's like no protein in that. Like, <laughs> so like, it, it's just kind of like, it just, we've just been fed this, this narrative, right? That you mm-hmm. can only get protein. So like they're most of the, almost all the guys are just generally curious. Right. I um, bet. So uh, it's honestly been great. Like I haven't converted anybody, but a lot of the guys eat like a lot more plant-based now. It's obviously becoming a lot more uh, mainstream now too right. with, with athletes with like the game changers coming out. So cool. A lot of, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Right. And uh, a lot of uh, athletes in like the NFL and stuff like that are going vegan too. Mm-hmm. So uh, kind of like that trickle down effect, right? Like the, if all the, if all the biggest athletes in the world go vegan, then like it kind of trickles down to all the other athletes. And so it's been kind of cool to watch from my perspective because I've been vegan for you know, four years now. It sounds like to me what you're identified a little bit, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that connection to masculinity and veganism, that like interesting part. You said, you know, football, like macho, manly. And I think there's such a stigma around those two things, like not being able to coexist. Yeah, 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 Uh, 100%. Like, you know, guys ask me all the time about like tofu and soy and how, you know, it increases estrogen and, and like they're, like it's it's honestly at, at points almost comical how like one just like uneducated they are on these topics like they just they don't even know but at the same time um how crazy the the misinformation campaign has, has been against like yeah. soy and veganism and calling people soy boys and and all this other stuff and i'm just like man like uh it's like, it's such an easily disproven theory that yes. it, it like hurts sometimes, <laughs> but, uh, like I eat, I eat almost a block of tofu a day. Mm-hmm. Like I love tofu. I eat like a block of it a day. I'm 230 pounds. I've been 230 pounds. I've the best shape in my life. I don't have man boobs and I've been doing it for four years. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, Scratch that off the list. It's not yeah, going to happen. Yeah. Right. So. I mean, I think it's hilarious. If if soy gave people like bigger breasts, you don't think every you know plastic surgeon in the world would be out of business? Good point. <laughs> it's so like sometimes it's like thinking about it now. It seems so ridiculous, but at one point I believed all that stuff too. Oh, you know, same. I was with them, you know what I mean? So like, mm-hmm. it's it's um, it's crazy to think about. It's crazy to see like how, you know, attached we have this, like this, uh, like this male ego to like the need to eat meat. Mm. Um, it's, it's crazy. It honestly, it honestly is crazy. So how, what got you to turn vegan? What, what was that journey like? <laughs> it was actually, uh, kind of funny. Like I, I fought it for a long time. I made fun of my brother and his wife did it, um, for a month because Beyonce was like into it. So they read <laughs> thanks Beyonce (laughs) but like well like I made fun of them endlessly like you know five or six years ago when they did I'm like oh you can't get enough protein like you guys are idiots blah blah (laughs) I I had a trainer that just happened to be vegan I didn't even really know he was vegan actually until he started talking to me about it like probably six months into it I needed I needed to lose weight I needed to lose like 25 pounds in a couple months he's like dude why don't like why don't you try and go vegan um and see right like He's like, you've literally tried to do everything else. He's like, you've tried everything else to lose weight. It's not working. Like, go vegan. I'll help you do it. 
like if we do it right you'll be able to keep your strength and and if you he's like try it for a month and if you like love it just keep doing it if you hate it just stop like he's like no yeah. harm in trying low like, stakes like, yeah exactly right uh so i tried it and like within the first week i just like i already like i felt i hadn't lost any weight but i mm-hmm. felt like i lost 10 pounds so i was like damn like i feel great right now mm-hmm. and then like so like i have arthritis in my knees through football right um like it's just like wear and tear on the body it's terrible for you um so my knees are shot um and i get like they hurt all the time but like once i once i went vegan like they stopped hurting so oh, like wow. my body yeah like my body part started to feel amazing i was like this really weird thing happened too like where no one's actually been able to tell me why but like i was for the first month i went vegan i was only sleeping like five hours a night but i was like waking up like i slept like 12 like i woke up so refreshed it was like a really weird thing like i, kinda, I was dating a girl at the time and like I kept saying, I'm like, man, like I didn't get to bed till like three last night, but like, I feel amazing right now. Like, I don't know what's <laughs> happening. And I thought it was like all going to catch up on me and stuff. And like, yeah, like you were going to crash. Yeah. But, like, yeah. And it just never did. And I'm just like, man, like what the heck? And like, I was lifting weights, like more weights in the gym and I was recovering faster. I was never store after workouts. And I'm like, I'm like, all right, like maybe these guys are onto something. And like, obviously like I'm a huge like dog lover. <laughs> like, <laughs> we can hear I in the background. started doing yeah. <laughs> so I started doing research on like, I started doing research on all that stuff and, and animal rescues and, and like how cows have best friends and pigs are smarter than dogs. And, and I'm just like, man, like, that's tough. Like, like, how can I talk about dogs and save dogs and, you know, all this stuff about dogs when there are the and other animals suffer in the exact same way. Right. You know what I mean? And then like not only that that was that was actually like right around the time like the un released their like the world has like i don't know it was like 10 years to like reverse climate change or like we're all like fucked basically yeah and and i was just like i was like oh man like it's becoming really difficult to like have an argument against this you know what i mean i was just like i was just like the only argument that i ever understood for the first year of being vegan was the taste thing I just, I was like, man, like, like vegan food just wasn't tasty. <laughs> right. Like I would, right. I would love to crush like, uh, you know, a Domino's pizza with extra cheese and <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but like vegan cheese is trash. Like it just, there, it's not the same as crushing a, you know, a, a pan pizza from Domino's. Like, For sure. But like, I also didn't necessarily explore and it, it was on, it was my own fault. It was, it was really my own fault. I didn't explore out of my my like my box and my area and like that was the problem that I wasn't like trying all these new recipes I wasn't trying to you know garner a new a new palate and a new kind of appreciation for food because really you have to reteach yourself how to cook and how to yes do everything right like what what foods go with what foods because like how you associated food before it was always like okay what goes with meat what, right. Like, what, right. This meal, like what, what in this meal is going to go with me? What is going to go with chicken? What is going to go with this steak? And all of a sudden you don't have that anymore. And then all of a sudden the, what is going with it is the main part. And you're like, shit. <laughs> like right? what is, what is even going on this plate? I'm just used to making a bunch of sides. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yep. So, so it was like really difficult, but then I, after like a year went by, I actually ended up meeting um, the edgy veg and I got connected with her and I, like I bought her cookbook and that was the first cookbook I ever bought actually. 
and uh, <laughs> it's a pretty good start. Um, yeah, exactly. Right. So <laughs> I was like, Oh shit, like vegan food's good. You just have to like reteach yourself how to cook and how to, uh, you know, what goes with what. And, and from there it was like a lot easier. And that kind of brought me to now where I'm, you know, making my own recipes and kind of doing a food blog myself. Um, yeah, your Instagram, like, let's talk about that. You're killing it. Like you're uh, turning into a home chef. Let's just, let's just call it. Yeah. I'm basically, uh, I'm basically as domestic as it gets at this point. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Like during when quarantine started, I had a ton of time and like, I do love cooking. I always like, well, growing up, I, like I cooked in the kitchen with my mom all the time. Uh, and then recently when quarantine started, I just started cooking like a lot more. And then, you know, people started asking me for recipes and stuff like that. And I'm like, man, like I should probably start a food blog. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> I always, I always vow to not start a food blog because of how much effort it was. I'm just like, man, like I do not want to do this. <laughs> and yet here you are. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like now I'm, <laughs> now I'm doing it. Um, but like, it's honestly, it's been a lot of fun so far. Um, I have about, I'm trying to look, I'm, I have a list right here beside me of all the recipes I'm working on. And I have a list of about 150 recipes that are like, like not like ready to go, but like in the bank and like I've been working on. And then I have, um, I have about 25 that are ready to get uploaded. I just like, the hardest part is like taking the pictures. That's what I'm not good at. Yes. So like you go to these other people's, like you go to Candace's website mm-hmm. or Instagram and like, they're like the nicest pictures ever. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't got that. <laughs> I know whenever I make something and I'm like, oh, I want to share this. And you take a picture and I'm like, oh man, these just look like shitty waffles. <laughs> like I was so excited. <laughs> oh, exactly. Right. You're like, wow, these taste so good, but they do not photograph well. And, and that's what I'm kind of trying to do now. Sounds like you're basically on your way to a cookbook. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. About, I don't know about a cookbook, but maybe one day. It's going to be fun, though, because like I have a job. So it's, it's always fun doing all this stuff like this, like mm-hmm. influencer stuff, because like I just think it's hilarious because I have a job and it's not that I don't care about it. But like I don't uh, it's, it's not my full time job. So I only uh, support brands and do brand deals with brands. I actually right like and enjoy like I'm just like promoting whatever like the other day I promoted uh Beyond Meat that's like now at Safeway right like yeah I literally ate Beyond Meat <laughs> again yesterday like I eat Beyond Meat like almost every you're day, doing right? it because and, you believe yeah. in the brand yeah exactly right so and I'm like I'm able to do that because I have a job I'm actually when I start this food blog and I'm gonna have like ads on it and stuff like that all the AdSense revenue from the blog is gonna go to rescues yeah it's oh, called wow. rescue.kitchen and uh, all the all the AdSense made from it, like after after I pay off, like you know the hosting service and you know all the expenses of buying groceries, uh, all the excess revenue goes to uh, goes to a dog rescue, and we're gonna kind of we're gonna I, I gotta figure out still how that's gonna work, like how we're gonna pick the who it goes to and when and where and kind of thing, but uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of the plan right now. That's amazing. So how did you? get into rescue work. I know that bone takes up a lot of your Instagram and as he should. <laughs> he's great. I love bone. He's, he's one of the best things that's ever happened to me. That's for sure. Uh, but how I started, actually, I started when I was nine. I, uh, um, 
I was a needy little kid. I was so needy. I don't honestly, I don't know how my parents dealt with me. I was a lot. Um, and, I relate. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, I begged them for a dog, begged them for a dog, like so for so for years, I begged them for a dog and I'm, the, I'm the baby. So eventually they conceded, so not, <laughs> but their one stipulation was that we had to adopt it. And at that age, I was kind of just, okay, I don't care. Yeah. I like I, I, I'm getting a dog. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, but then, uh, you know, when we adopted him and then it kind of, then I grew up with him. He was my dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, it all became, uh, it started to make more sense to me, the whole adopt, like adopt, don't shop thing. Um, and then just kind of flourished from there. He lived till he was 14, actually. Like he was a mm. sweet dog. Um, yeah, he was great. He died when I was in my third year of university. Um, so that was tough. I didn't, I didn't, and then I didn't get another dog until bone actually. Um, I just, I couldn't do it. Yeah. So, um, so that was, that was kind of where it started. I was just like, <laughs> I was, I was just needy. What a cool thing though, for your parents, like, you know, at, it's becoming more and more popular to talk about adoption and stuff, but even yeah. just to say like, okay, well, if you want a dog, we're going to adopt. Like what a cool thing for a young kid to learn. Cause that obviously planted a seed. No, for sure. And that's just kind of like, it goes to show like how much like impact parents can have mm-hmm. on their children um, just by showing them how to, you know, live their lives in the right way. You know what I mean? It, it really doesn't take that much. Uh, it's not like my parents had to have this like big, long conversation with me <laughs> about like, the, the importance of adopting. Like when you're that young, you, you just like pick up on things like inherently. Right. right. So like, you adopt a dog, you just understand that that's like, and then you grow to love them. And, and, you know, as they grow up, it's just like, man, like, yeah, this makes sense. Like everyone should be, if there's a dog in a shelter, everyone should be adopting first. Right. Like it should be like a law that you have to prove that you try to adopt a dog before you go buy a dog. Yes. Like that, like that's like, that's how it should work. Like it, it won't because capitalism and whatever, but that's like if we if people were serious about wanting to you know help dogs and stuff like that like that's what we should be lobbying politicians for that's really interesting are there kill shelters in canada yeah yeah okay. there uh um i know quebec's really bad for kill shelters okay. um still but uh, most most places only kill um if it's necessary like i know winnipeg um Winnipeg, like especially the Winnipeg Humane Society, is technically a no-kill shelter, mm-hmm. so they won't kill a dog if they don't have to. But if that dog has, uh, you know, if it's bitten somebody, if it's been, you know, super aggressive towards right. other dogs and, and showing that, and there's just there's nothing they can do, or it's the the situation was so bad that um, you know they have to put it down. That's like that's when they'll do it, right? which is, it's still super unfortunate, but at the same time, at least, um, you know, I know there's a lot of places, um, in like other like states and provinces will just, uh, because it's been in the shelter too long. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually, that's bone bone was in Quebec and he was in a shelter for too long. And, uh, he was about to be euthanized and another shelter from Ontario picked him up and brought him back. Oh my God. How was that sweet dog in a shelter for too long? 
I honestly, I don't know. I don't know how I got so lucky with him. Like, he's literally like the the best looking. Like, he's super calm. He's great with kids. He has <laughs> zero aggression. Like, like the the family that got him purebred said he at six months was too big, and that's why they were giving him up. Oh, that's like one of my pet peeves. Uh, like, like, you got a dog yeah. and didn't realize it was gonna grow. <laughs> especially a, a giant breed dog like him like yeah you got a, a saint bernard great pyrenees mix like pardon like, <laughs> literally they're the two biggest dogs you can get oh my god very many dogs that you can get bigger than these two and, and you you're upset that he got too big like but yeah so like that's kind of where bone came from and i i don't understand how no one else picked him up like he just big chills he sleeps like 23 hours a day it's insane. <laughs> he's, he's the biggest chill dog I've ever met. Bailey, lunatic. Absolute lunatic. Like, she's a puppy though, right? Oh yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. She, she, I think she's, uh, she turns seven months next week. So she's, she's still super young, like hundred percent, but like lunatic. <laughs> lunatic. I love her. I love her to death, but she's a lunatic. What kind of dog is she? She's the same as Bone. They're both uh, Great Pyrenees, St. Bernard mixes. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Which is like super weird. Like I adopted them both and they're just the exact same breed somehow. Oh, wow. That's funny. Yeah. Well, they're both beautiful. I highly recommend people go and search through and find them on your Instagram because they're so fun. Yeah. They're uh, they're a good time. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, One of the other things that I, when I started following you a while back that I was really impressed with and excited to see was your work with campaigns to end violence against women. And it looks like it's through the football team. So could you tell me a little bit more about that? I've, I work and have worked as an advocate for survivors. So seeing again, those intersections of that work coming from athletes, from male athletes, like it makes a huge difference and a huge influence on people. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's actually pretty interesting uh because i honestly i just didn't know much about it before i started this program um so i come from a family where you know my parents are both married and have a good marriage and i mm-hmm. lived a relatively sheltered childhood in niagara falls it just nothing really bad ever happened i didn't right. i wasn't really exposed to a whole lot mm-hmm. and then i got to winnipeg they asked me, they're like, Hey, do you want to be a part of this program? You know, only a couple of guys on the team do it or are selected to do it. And they're like, we think you would, you know, you'd do well and you, you can do that. Like, you should do this. So I said, yeah, sure. Like, uh, it seems like a good opportunity. It's, uh, if, if nothing else, I'll learn something. And, right. you know, we get to, uh, travel. like part of the, part of the program is we travel to Northern Manitoba and give these talks okay. and like, well, I'm, at the least I'll get to travel to Northern Manitoba and, and yeah. see a really cool part of the country that most people don't ever get to see. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I, started, so I started doing this program and they, uh, I started getting trained on them uh, trained on the, the subject and, and trained on everything happening. And I'm like, Oh wow. Like I never realized how bad the situation was just because of how sheltered I've been. Um, so, you know, I, through the training, I learned a lot and it really became a, a lot, you know, more impactful for me to be a part of this program. Um, and then, so what, what, how the program works is we, we go and talk to high school age kids all around Manitoba. 
we've reached over uh, well over 10,000 uh, kids now. Oh, wow. Um, and we talk to them about, you know, a lot about the violence of, or not the violence, but the importance of language, how your language, what you allow to say, what you make jokes about, how that one impacts your peers, like the men around you and, and how they perceive women and, and how that can, uh, how that can go from, you know, making jokes and, and just making derogatory remarks about women and how that, that can escalate and it keeps kind of going, right. It's on a spectrum. Like, yeah, like in high school, it's just jokes, but, uh, you know, as you move forward in life that it kind of escalates. And then, um, you know, similarly, we talk about, um, the impacts on women mm-hmm. and, you know, like, you know, at the end of the day, every single one of us comes from a woman. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> it's just, you know what I mean? Like it, at the end of the day, we all came from a woman. So how, how demeaning it is and how, how it, it, it's, uh, uh, leads to this culture of violence towards them. And, and yeah, just the thing is like, just because you're not, perpetrating the violence just because you're not hitting them just because you're not you know right. sexually assaulting them if it it, it kind of ties into like almost everything that's going on right now is like if you're just standing there if you're just not doing anything about it if you're letting those jokes slide if you're letting them talk about yeah. women like that um it 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 all it, it all it compounds and it snowballs and that's that's where really where it comes down to and that's where i thought it was really interesting um because I never had that information growing up. I, mm-hmm. you know, like it, some of it, like just like the vegan thing, like, yeah, like it's common sense now for me. It's just like, wow, I just, like, I should have known this. Like, these are things you just should have known. Um, right. When you're 16, like 18, whatever. But like, it just, it was like never talked about. It was never taught in school. It was never talked about amongst peer groups. It was never talked about with your parents and, and like, I'm not the only one. It's all the guys that do the program kind of go through the same thing. Hmm. And like, that's not to say that our parents were bad. It just wasn't a thing. It just, yeah. like, it, it, it's not that it wasn't happening, but it was just, wasn't a thing anyone ever talked about. But that's kind of how we got into this situation. So that's kind of where we come in and we're opening those conversations. We're talking about it. And, you know, we're standing and we're saying, Hey, like women, we we're with you. We understand there's mm-hmm. a problem. We're trying to help. Mm-hmm. And two men, like we need to do better. Like this is our problem. Yes. This isn't like a woman's problem. It's not like, you know, women can wear whatever they want. They can do whatever they want. They can drink however much they want. That doesn't mean, yes. you know, we are entitled to do whatever we want to them. Like that's not like, that's not how this works. Right. So it's kind of like, it's, it's standing with women and then, you know, also trying to teach young men that this is, you know, how to, how to uh, live a better life and how to, you know, break the cycle. That's the whole thing is breaking the cycle. And that's kind of what we're trying to teach. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's been a really, you know, interesting uh, journey. I've learned, you know, a, a lot of really amazing things. I've, you know, heard stories of a lot of, you know, definitely very painful things that I wish I never had to hear because I wish they just never happened. Right. Um, I'm thankful I that I, I was able to hear them and, you know, listen and be there for somebody. But I just, uh, at the, I wish that would just, it was, was not a thing. Like I just wish yeah. this wasn't happening. And especially when, you know, you're hearing stories of, you know, girls that are, you know, 15 
and you're like, man, like, you know, how, like, how is this, how is this happening? Like, like you're 15. Yeah, it's like, heartbreaking. Like the, the biggest thing you should be worrying about at 15 is like what you're going to wear to school. Not, you know, like not some of the shit like they have to deal with. And I'm just like, man, like, fuck. Like, so it's, it's been really, it's been really eye opening uh, experience, but I, you know, I'm definitely, you know, very glad that I was able to do this and continue to do it. It's really important work. And it's so great to hear you reframe that speaking to men and, and young boys and talking about how to get involved. Cause when I did this work on a college campus, it was, it feels like an easier entry point to talk about that. We called it like the pyramid of sexism, kind of what you're talking about the spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like when you talk to people, an automatic response is to want to talk about why you're not like that. Right. So it's like, well, I don't abuse anyone. I'm not a rapist or whatever it is. And it's like, yes, that's great. But also it's connected to all these other things. And so I think that that's really a, a such an important way to approach it and be like, great. I know I'm not accusing you of that, but what about these other things? And like, look how they're connected. It's really yeah. important work. No, no, for sure. So, and, and that's, that's exactly it. Right. And that's why I'm so, you know, uh, fortunate to be a part of this program and, and have such great facilitators because, you know, like I would love to be able to take all the credit and be like, Oh yeah, this is all like all me. But, <laughs> uh, you know, at the end of the day, it wasn't like, I, I got trained on this. Like I got, right. uh, we had facilitators come in and, and kind of, uh, guide us through, uh, help us with their presentation, help us with what that looked like, what to say. And, and uh, so, you know, I got, I'm very fortunate. I had a really great facilitators that, to enable you to me to do this. So. Can you tell me a little bit about your YouTube channel? It's been really fun to watch your, like what you eat in a day videos. And I think one of the things I really like about it is it's so approachable because some of the videos on YouTube, if you Google like vegan eat in a day, some of them are beautiful but if you were just starting out, they would be so like, why well, that's of my wheelhouse. I can't do that. But yeah. what I love about your videos is it's one, it's fun, but two, it just feels like, Oh, I could do that. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's interesting. Cause I never, I actually never just like the food vlog. I never wanted to start YouTube. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I was like a huge, uh, it was a huge thing for me. I, I did not want to start YouTube, but when I met Candace, um, the reason me and Candace met was I want to, uh, take an old school bus, renovate it into an RV and drive across Canada, visiting dog shelters with my dogs. I'm renovating an old school bus right now into really? a tiny home on wheels. Yes. That's amazing. You'll have to show yes. me pictures because like, yeah, yeah like, I a, will. like a huge, it's like a huge dream of mine to do this, but obviously with, uh, with football and, and everything else, it's been, um, hasn't been able to take a priority in my life yet. Mm -hmm. uh, one day I hope so, but uh, right now it just hasn't. So it was just kind of a dream of mine. And I, I, I posted on an Instagram one day and I had all these people like messaging me about it. And all of a sudden, like, like the edgy veg, like messaged me about it. And like, she hadn't, she wasn't even following me or anything. She messaged me and she's just like, Oh, Hey, like, I love this idea. I'd love to talk to you more about it. And I'm like, like what? Like who are you? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah like, I've only been vegan for like eight months at that point. And I'm like, I'm like, who is this? And like, I don't, I never watched YouTube, so I was like, right. So I go to her profile. I'm like, oh wow, she makes really good food, actually. <laughs> like, 
Like, yeah, oh, like, it's impressive. Like, yeah, I'm like, oh, fair. I'm like, well, at the very least, maybe I'll get a good meal out of this. Like, <laughs> so, like, so I'm like, I, I was in Winnipeg at the time. She's obviously in Toronto. So I'm like, well, I'm like, right, I'm coming over a bye week in a couple of weeks. Like, we can kind of meet up in Toronto then. So we did, and we talked about it. And uh, she, she, that's kind of how we, how our friendship grew. But one of the things was um, she wanted to help me do this because she's a huge uh, advocate for dogs as well. And so she's like, I love this idea. I really want to help you do it. I'd love to kind of see this flourish, but uh, how we want to do it basically is we want to get it sponsored by somebody. So we want Mm -hmm. like, like pet value to sponsor us. Um, So we get, you know, kind of everything paid for. And then we also get, we would get like donations from pet value to give to every dog rescue we go to. So it's not okay. like, it's like, look at us, we're going to, we're driving around going to dog rescues. That's kind of, it's like right. a very pretentious thing. That's kind of like how we were looking at it. But like Candace is like, if we want to get a big enough sponsor and do this correctly, like if we want pet value or we want, you know, whatever, like Purina dog food, whatever, like a huge sponsor right. to do this to make this big and have the biggest impact. We have to get the biggest sponsor. She's like, you have to increase your social media following. I had like, I only, at the time I had like 6,000 followers on Instagram. I had no okay. YouTube. I had like a thousand followers on Twitter. Um, I just like I, social media was like, it was always kind of just like, whatever like it's something you were doing but yeah it's like all my friends had instagram and i just posted pictures of me playing football on it like that's (laughs) you know like it was never like a thing for me yeah um and she's like she's like you need to get on youtube if you want to do this and like i literally fought her like i didn't i probably I, (laughs) i published my first video on like in january and we met in october so i fought her from october to january on starting a youtube channel and like we fought, like, we fought like all the time about this. And finally, I like I caved, and I started it. <laughs> and like my whole thing is like, like I'm just like like I said before, like I have a job, like I play football, like I don't, I don't, I'm not like some influencer, like I'm not an actual, right. influencer. I'm not an actual YouTuber, like I'm just me, like, I'm just like I'm just some guy, and uh, like I understand that's that, the like, best part. Well, yeah, like that's like that's the thing. So I'm like that's my thing, like. Like all these, all, a lot of people always say, they're like, oh, like you should be more like more energetic. You should like do all these crazy recipes. I'm like, yeah, it's not like, that's not like who I am though. Like I'm a, right. like, I, I don't get like fired up and I'm not going to like fake getting fired up for the, the video. Cause like, I, it's not that I don't care, but like, it's not me. So like, no. And like I said, like, I don't like, I don't like necessarily need this for like, for yeah, really like be sweet if we got a like a sponsor to sponsor this bus trip but like other than that it's just a passion project for me so like I'm not going to pretend to be someone I'm not on the internet and from there so like I just kind of like you know show what I do in a day and and some people seem to find it interesting which is fun because like a lot of my meals especially like when I started like two years ago like I wasn't super into food uh like making my own recipes and stuff like that so I was kind of just like here's my shitty oatmeal bowl <laughs> it's really delicious and but it looks terrible and and like people like people loved it like people yeah like, we're just like they didn't really care i mean obviously it didn't like it hasn't like blown up or anything probably because my food doesn't look great and it's 
<laughs> to market shitty looking food but um for me it's not like a it's not like a big deal it's not something i uh like i don't i just don't care about how many subscribers i have i have a bunch of people that message me and and tell me how much they uh how much they the videos help them and how much you know um what i talk about helps so the the followers and the subscribers that don't always go with it. It's, it's not really a big deal to me. It's just kind of like, at least I'm, I, if I'm having an impact, that's all I really care about. Right. For sure. My word for 2020 is authenticity. And I think you just like really perfectly described like, no, I'm not going to be something I'm not. And that's probably why I enjoy your channel. Cause like you can feel, and not that a lot of influencers or whatever don't have great intentions, but you can feel when it's not authentic and you can feel yeah. when it is. And so your authenticity and just being like, here's my oatmeal or <laughs> you do make, yeah. you do make good food. So don't sell yourself too short, but yeah. well, you know, or just like, here's my day. And like, this is why I'm eating this, or this is what I did for, you know, being a pro athlete and what I eat in a day or like all those things are authentic to you and you can feel that. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. Like, I'm just like, like, the reason I started was just to like help people and like, right. I, that's all I really care about. So I'm not like, like I said, like I'm not trying to be any, anybody else. I'm just like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're doing a great job. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so just a few questions to wrap up here. What do you do to slow down and become present or like take time for yourself? Like, what does that look like? And is it evolved over time? Uh, nope. <laughs> um, obviously spending time with my dogs and just like being outside with them is a huge thing for me. Mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of, that's kind of just like an obvious answer. But if I'm like winding down, um, I watch cartoons. I watch like a lot of cartoons. Um, it's always for some reason been my thing. Like even in like high school, I was watching like SpongeBob SquarePants. So like that's like, anybody that's ever on SpongeBob, like, is a fool like that show is like it's gold it's honestly so good uh it's super underrated anybody who's hating on it is lying yeah, they're just exactly. like it's right. closeted yeah and uh people just hate on him because of his voice but i'm like man you actually like that like that's my problem that's my problem with people that hate on cartoons is they're like they always just think they automatically assume it's childish because like it's a cartoon mm -hmm. right but i'm like like it's animated it, yeah it's animated right and i'm like but like here's the thing like cartoons are better because you can actually focus on the storyline and the underlying like message of the episode mm. you don't have to worry about like shitty actors and shitty actors <laughs> and like you know what i mean like like yeah a, a shitty actor can absolutely ruin a message or ruin the like the tone of an episode or a, that's a good a, point right like with cartoons it's impossible like, unless you have, like, a shitty graphic designer, but, like, which I always... I, I always, love the passion that's coming through for you right I, now. I You're, like, fired up. up. Like, I just, like, cartoons are, like, where it's at. And like. So what have I not asked you, if anything, that you think people should know about you? <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> I was pretty open. I talked about a lot um yeah you don't have to have an answer i just want to make sure there's space if you like you're like i've really wanted to say yeah no i'm uh i'm trying to think just like you know like just be nice to each other man like i think that's 
Like I see other, I see like, I see even sometimes I get like a lot of DMs or comments and stuff like that. And, you know, it doesn't bother me. I'm a grown ass man. Like, you know, people say whatever they want to me, but you know, you go to, you go to some other people's, uh, sites. Um, you know, sometimes I go on Candace's YouTube and, you know, I'll be leaving a comment and, and I'll see some other comments and, and just like some of the, the, the hate you see, you know, on the internet, I think a lot of people forget that there's another person mm. at the end, other end that they're like, that are like receiving that. Yeah. And, and it's just like, man, like if you didn't like the video, just like, just like move on. Like, yeah. Like what, like what, why do you gotta, like, why, why you gotta like, uh, like, why you gotta be like that? Like I, I one of my friends um, posted on a story the other day, he posted a picture of him and his boyfriend uh, for, cause it's pride month, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he posted a picture of him and his boyfriend and he like, and then he screenshot some of the comments he was getting. And uh, like, he was getting hate on his, on his like picture of him and his boyfriend. They were like, you know, like it was talking about like how the Bible says this and blah, blah, blah. And like, how Ooh. it's not great. And like, I just went on, I was just telling people to fuck off. <laughs> like, get the, yeah. like, get the fuck out of here. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, like seriously like if you're so bothered by this like why are you looking at this yeah move on you like just like get out of here like yeah (laughs) and uh you know what i mean like it's just it's just kind of like that shit frustrates me so it's just like just just like be better like be nicer just ever like i feel like I, i i never understood it because like i'm just like man just like why can never not just be nicer to each other Mm-hmm. but like that's kind of not the world we live in right so that's uh that's the one thing i could say to everybody it would just be you know be nicer to each other too that's much a damn shit. good message yeah there's already already too much shit going on in the world you don't need, don't need yeah i was just gonna say especially happen. right now yeah exactly right so yeah that would be my message well i appreciate that message so where can people find you connect with you uh my Instagram is at John rush five. Um, that's probably the easiest. Uh, they can, if they want to go on Twitter, it's John rush 32. Cause I changed my football number. So I had to change my, Instagram <laughs> my Twitter handle. Um, the blog, the food blog will be up shortly. Uh, it's set to release right now on July 16th. So that's like two and a half weeks, almost three weeks mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. away, depending on when you're listening to this. And that's called yeah, that's blog kitchen. Um, and then if you want to watch my YouTube, you can just search John Rush on YouTube and then I'll pop up. Perfect. Yeah. Well, thanks for having thanks. me on. Yeah, I really appreciate this. This was a great episode to start things off and I look forward to connecting with you more. Yeah, no, for sure. Thanks. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm happy I got on and was able to connect with you and, and, and talk about this stuff. Thanks for listening to another episode of Consciously Clueless. If you enjoyed that episode and don't want to miss any in the future, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. See you next week.